Well, good evening. Uh, Ricky, uh, David, Justin, and I were talking Monday night, and we asked, should we get together and talk about what we're going to go over so we don't repeat the same thing five times? And uh, we decided that if the Lord laid on our hearts uh, to share the same thing, then we should share that thing. So you might find that you'll hear the same exact thing five times. And if that's the case, then perhaps you should listen all five times. Uh, and, uh, or you might find that the Lord spoke to each of us differently. Uh, but the, the conference was a very good time. Uh, I think I enjoyed it uh, very much because uh, a lot of my Galilean friends were there from the Galilee program. I think half of my class or, or near half of my class was there. So I was able to see about 15 of my friends from there. And so it was just a, a great time of fellowship, meeting new people. Um, I don't believe I met my future wife. I know uh, many people were praying, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll see how the Lord leads. But um, please turn to Revelation chapter 2. Revelation chapter 2. As David mentioned, uh, one of the questions that was answered on, the, or one of the questions that was asked the first day was, do you love the Lord? And the knee-jerk reaction was to say, absolutely, I love the Lord. I flew all the way to Tennessee from California. I love the Lord. Another question was asked, do you love the Lord's people? The knee-jerk reaction was to say, absolutely, I love the Lord's people. I flew from California just to be with 500 of the Lord's people. I love them. Another question was asked, do you love the lost? And the knee-jerk reaction was to say, I want to see souls saved, so yes, I love the lost. But after each message, really, you walked out of that room asking yourself, man, I don't even know what love is anymore. Uh, it, it was just amazing. Uh, but here we are in Revelation chapter 2, uh, a very familiar portion of Scripture. And I'm not going to talk on this very long, considering only 15 minutes. But uh, in chapter 2 and verse 1, it says, To the angel of the church of Ephesus write, These things says he who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. I know your works, your labor, your patience, that you cannot bear those who are evil, and you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not, and have found them liars. And you have persevered and have patience and have labored for my name's sake, and have not become weary. Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you left your first love. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the first works, or else I will come to you quickly and, re and remove your lampstand from its place, unless you repent. But this, uh, but this you have, that you hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. Uh, this was Joe Reese's first message. This was the first message of the conference. And he pointed out how this church was busy. Not only were they busy, but they were busy doing the right things. They were doing well. In fact, the Lord would, would look, in, in, look at this church in Ephesus and say, you guys are doing all these things that are, that are great, but there's this one thing. And it kind of made me ask, if, if the Lord were to look at Claremont, would he find only one thing that we were doing wrong? And really, the answer most likely would be no. I mean, there would probably be multiple things that he points out. But we see that in this church of Ephesus, they were busy. They're busy doing all the right things, but they're busy doing the right things for the wrong reasons. And one point that, that Joe Reese pointed out was busyness does not equal holiness. And I think oftentimes we have this idea that, oh, yes, we love the Lord, so we got to be busy. And we got to be busy doing this. And, and really, it kind of made me kind of take a step back and really to look at my life 
and how I serve, I'm not trying to toot my own horn or anything, but I go to brigades, I, I, I help out with all of these ministries, and oftentimes it's like, oh man, it's Tuesday, I gotta go to brigades. And it's like, I'm busy, I'm busy doing the right things, but my heart isn't right. And so that was a point that Joe Reese made. Busyness does not equal holiness. And in verse 5, he says, Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the first works. And one thing Joe Reese pointed out was the first works. What are the first works? And Joe Reese translated that as the works that you first did when you first become, became a believer. And my first thought was, was Justin when he first got saved. We were praying for, for years that he would finally be saved, and he finally was saved. And you went from seeing Justin every now and then to every single meeting. I mean, he was there because he just wanted to be in the Word. He was helping out with all of these things because, I mean, he, he was so zealous for the Lord. And I'm sure each and every one of us can look back at our life when we first got saved and just to see the zeal that we had for the Lord. And we're doing all of these things. Our heart was in our place. We love the Lord. But I think oftentimes the devil uses our busyness as a distraction for us. Uh, I heard, I heard a, a definition of busy, uh, burdened under Satan's yoke. Uh, burdened under Satan's yoke. And I think that's so appropriate because oftentimes we're busy, and perhaps we're even busy doing the right things, but with the wrong motive and with the wrong heart. And we see that the Lord had one thing against them. They had left their Lord, their first love in the process. And so that was something that stood out to me. Um, that, that was huge. I mean, it, it was like someone came and hit me with a hammer. It's like, Joe Reese, he, he, asks, he says, do you love the Lord? He, everyone nods their head, yes, yes, we love the Lord. And he says, well, why do you do the things that you do every week? And he says, do you do it out of love? Or do you do it out of obligation or because there's a need? And you just take a step back and it's like, man, maybe I'm not doing it out of love. And we heard this morning that you can do all of these great things, and yet if you don't do it out of love, it profits you nothing. And so busyness does not equal holiness. Uh, turn to John chapter 21. John chapter 21. The next question Joe asked was, do you love God's people? And this is a very familiar portion of Scripture, John 21. And verse 15, it says, So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Feed my lambs. He said to him again a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Tend my sheep. He said to him a third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, Do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my sheep. And I don't want to go into all the different words. I know we've, we've all heard multiple messages on this portion. But he says, if you love me, feed my sheep, tend my sheep. And Joe Reese says, if you really love me, uh, this is how he translated it, if you really love me, you will demonstrate it by loving the very people that I love. And we mentioned this morning, you may not be able to love the Lord, truly love the Lord and not love the Lord's people. And so that was a big point that, that Joe Reese made. 
If you really love me, you will demonstrate it by loving the very things that I love. And he mentioned that the love we have for the Lord will result in love for the Lord's people, love for the, the word, love for all of the things that the Lord loves. You can't help but love someone. It would be very difficult, say, to marry someone who's so passionate and loving towards something, and yet you absolutely despise those things that they're passionate of. I was speaking to a young lady that I was interested in. Don't hold your breath. Don't hold your breath. Um, <laughs> and uh, she was very passionate, very passionate about certain things, and those are things that I thought were useless. Like, why would you even bother investing yourself in those things? And what you could see that we were going in opposite directions. And it would be very difficult to truly love someone who is so passionate about something, and yet, really, you despise those things. Um, um, a, a point that uh, Nate Bramson made, he was speaking on uh, love for the lost, but a point that Nate Bramson made that really struck me was, and he invited anyone to stand that could, you know, fit this criteria, but he said, in how many of the assemblies here is there more prayer than preaching? And no one could stand up. And to me, that spoke, that spoke so clearly of how, how quick we are to plan conferences. If we're struggling with purity, oh, we need to have a purity conference. We're, we're struggling with our, our assembly struggling here. If we could just hold on a couple more months until the spring conference, then hopefully we'll be okay then. And we're so quick to fly out these speakers. And trust me, I love conferences. There's a place for conferences. I would go to a conference every single weekend if there was one every weekend. But it comes to a point where conferences won't really change our hearts. Perhaps we need to just get on our knees, repent, and pray to the Lord. We were talking in the, the men's meeting about the 6 o'clock meeting prayer and how, I'll confess to you, I've been to it twice. I think we, we've had it for a long time, and I'll confess we've only been to it twice. Uh, but the question was whether or not to have it. I was thinking, how, how, what a wonderful thing it would be if on Wednesday night we're praying and a brother gets up to lead the Bible study, but we say, you know what, brother, let's sit down because really we just love to pray. Uh, may this be a year where truly we get on our knees and we love to pray. I'm not saying that we, we should take out preaching or whatever the case is, but perhaps we need to pray more. Um, five minutes left. Okay, so turn to, um, let's see. Okay, don't turn there. I don't want to waste too much time. Uh, but Nate Bramson uh, spoke on love for the lost. And he gave us reasons why perhaps we don't love the lost. And this is something that, that uh, stuck out to Allie and to myself as well. Uh, he said, perhaps we don't love the lost because we look upon them and hold them to the standard of the believers. Uh, the Lord says, if you love me, if you're, you're a believer, then, then you should be doing this. Well, we look upon the, the, the loss of this world and, and hold them to this standard over here. And it's like, what are you doing? And, and he made a point. He said, the, the, the aggressive Muslims and ISIS, he said, to be honest, those are the only people in this world that truly make sense. Because they have the mentality of, my life is very temporary here, and I'm going to do whatever it takes for eternity even if that means me sacrificing my life. And yes, their beliefs are corrupt. Yes, they're, they're very evil, but that's their mindset. And the church should really have that mindset as well. Oh, yes, our life is temporary, but we need to be doing everything that the Lord has uh, commanded us to do um, to invest into eternity. Um, Nate Bramson was telling a story of how 
Um, he was uh, having dinner with, with someone from the assemblies, and the, uh, the a gentleman asked him, you know, you know where, where, do, where are you uh, hoping to go? And he said, Niger, to, and, and he was talking about the Muslims and so on and so forth. And the man in the assembly said, well, why are you going over there? Really, we just need to throw a nuke bomb over there and really take care of the problem right there. And I think that's really, our, that's really so many people's hearts toward these people, but really, we should be looking at these people. ISIS, when was the last time you prayed for all the people of ISIS? Not that they would stop doing their evil, but that they would be saved. And that's the heart that Nate has. Nate was one who wept, wept when Osama bin Laden was killed because he was praying that that man would come to a saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And yet, when he was finally killed, people, including myself, was really rejoicing. Evil was brought to an end. This man, this evil man, was finally killed. And we were rejoicing in our hearts. But Nate was weeping because this, man, this man's soul was lost for all of eternity. And that's really the heart that Nate has. That's a heart that we should have for all of eternity, or for all of the lost. Um, and um, my final thought before I um, turn it over to Danny is just the fact that we are the only ones that can love like the Lord loves because we're the only ones that have experienced and truly know the Lord's love. Do you show the Lord's love in your life towards the people out there? And do you show the Lord's love towards one another? Uh, Mike Atwood told a story of uh, this man who uh, was living in the same neighborhood as, as a church, and he was watching them. And uh, one of the members of the church noticed this man who was watching him, and you know he's praying, and uh, weeks went by, and he kept noticing him, kept noticing him. And finally, he went across the street and said, you know, have you ever thought about becoming a Christian? And the man said, I don't want to become a Christian. I don't want to go to a Christian church. But if I ever did, I would go to your assembly because you guys truly love each other. Now, is that a testimony that Claremont could have that someone from outside could come in and say, man, these people genuinely love one another. And it's a love unlike anything I've ever experienced in this world because it's the love of Christ. Can people come in and truly look at us and say that. So those are just a, a few thoughts that um, the Lord laid on my heart as I was there. Um, Allie says to me that before we're leaving, she says, I'm really glad I could come. And I said, coming was the easy part, now we have the hard part. And she says, what do you mean? I said, now we have to go home and apply what the Lord said to us here. And that's the difficult part. So uh, with that, I'll, I'll turn it over to Danny. Maybe I should just close in prayer because almost what I was going to say was exactly what he was going to say. I was even going to start off the same way that he started off, so I guess I can't do that anymore. But uh, like you said, Joe started off with, you know, do you love the Lord? And, you know, like Nick said, you know, your, your first instinct is to say yes, you know. And, and later on, you know, at the end of the conference, you're like, well, you know, do I really know what I'm doing now? Because... Every conference was about love, obviously. Every seminar, everything was about love. Love, the, love not the world, love the word, love the service, love the little children, love the assembly. 
And we got to choose, and it was almost hard to even choose which one you want to go to. You're like, man, I have to narrow it down to only four choices. And you're like, okay, well, this is the one I want to take. And uh, myself, I wanted to take one that said, uh, love not the world, because um, Scott DeGroff is going to teach it. But because of his issue, his health issues, he didn't show up. And I felt sorry for the guy that took over for Scott because he was kind of just thrown into it. And so he, he kind of, I felt like at least the first seminar, he was struggling a little bit trying to fulfill the shoes of, uh, of Scott of this topic. But either way, the whole message, I mean, almost every seminar, we could take something of love not the world. But uh, interesting, the guy said, well, if we're not to love the world, then why John 3.16? You know, just, should we just throw it out? And he goes, there's two different things that you have to think about. Love not the world, the seminar was not to love the system of the world, not to love what they are doing in the world. And if we can turn to uh, John uh, chapter 7. We are not to love the, the system of the world. And uh, we were singing some of these, uh, we were singing a song today that, that Bob gave out. And um, we are not to love this world, but, you know, one of the songs said, um, we sang, My Savior's Love. I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus the Nazarene and wonder how he could love me, a sinner condemned unclean. We are not to love the things of the world, but we are to love them personally, the lost. And I, I was thinking, you know, what, what verse can I give out? Because, like I said, the guy kind of struggled a little bit with, with giving the analogy. But, you know, the Lord will always help you out, too. He, he brought this passage to me after I got home. You know, and I was reading in uh, John chapter 7 and, and uh, starting at verse 4. For no one does anything in secret while he himself seeks to be known openly. If you do these things, show yourself to the world. For even his brothers did not believe in him. Then Jesus said to them, My time is not yet come, but your time is already, always ready. The world cannot hate you, but it hates me because I testify of the th that its works are evil. You know, like... Nick was saying, we, we keep on saying Nate Bramson said this, Nate Bramson said that. You know, he's a terrific guy. You know, he's he an amazing guy to, to get to know. In one of his messages, he talks about how he went to buy a soda at a store. And where he was, I can't remember if it was Africa or wherever, whatever country he was in. But things we take for granted, like a soda, he went to go buy to take back to the tribe to show the, the children you know, what I guess soda is, uh, is what I got from it. I don't know if that was exactly what he was going for, but that's what I took from it. And the guy said, well, this is the price. And he's like, whoa, well, the price is way higher than what it normally would be. And he said, well, foreigners, they make you pay more because they know you have more money. So they want to make you pay more for something that, you know, a local would pay less for. And he got mad at the person and and yelled, and then left. And, and you would think, well, you know, he had the right to, you know, no one wants to pay more than what they have to, but his mom looks at him and says, was it worth it? 
And at that point, you know, I'm not even there, but I can imagine what's going on. And I can imagine the guilt that he had that when his mom said it to him, was it worth it? Was it worth losing the opportunity to witness to the guy over the price of a soda? And we might not like the, the world, the things that the world does, but we need to love the people of the world. And like Nick said, um, he said he cried when Osama, you know, died. You know, did we, did we cry the same way? Did we, we cry because another soul was lost? Did we even consider that to be a soul to be one for Christ? So for me, when I was there and it said, you know, do you love the Lord? You know, every time I was sitting there, you know, every message, you know, it hits you right in the heart, hits you right in the heart, you know, and, and you just feel so guilty afterwards, you know, and, you know, it was almost kind of hard to fellowship with other people because you want to fix what, what you did wrong at that second. And um, so for me, uh, there was also another seminar. I'm sorry, I'm trying to skip around because most of the stuff was already said, so I'm trying to figure out what parts of my message am I going to delete now. But uh, <laughs> Rex Trogdon also talked about love the word. Now, that, that was a concept that caught me because, you know, you love the Lord, but do you love the word? And I'm like, I really want to take that seminar. I was like, I really want to understand, like, what point of view he's coming from. And do we love the word enough to give it out to people? Like, when we're at the store, do we give a track to people? Do we tell people about God? Rex said he was in, in line, and he wanted to give a, a track to the, to the lady. But for some reason, he didn't. He said he had some conflict, and he wasn't going to give it. But when he gave the change, or either he didn't have one or something like that, but when he went to give uh, the change to the lady, what the price of what he bought and the amount of money he gave, the change was 316. And so he goes, yes, you know, I get to, I get to give it out. And he goes, 316? And that's all he said. And the lady behind him said, oh, you mean like John 316? And then the lady that he wanted a witness to, which was the cashier, because he said, you know, she was dressed different. She goes, oh, you mean for God so loved the world. And she quoted the whole verse. And he goes, oh, man, like, you know, you know, it gets us, right? You know, we, we think, oh, that person needs it more than that person. But really, it's pride, you know. And, and we were talking about love is not puffed up. It's not, you're not supposed to be proud, and I, I think for me, that's something I also learned, too. You know, how much do I go around, you know, puffed up, you know, thinking I'm better than everyone else? And we're not to think that way. We're to love each and every one of God's people. We are not to, to judge people by their appearance, you know. We are to, to see them for how God sees them. And Nate said that he had a prayer meeting one time that he prayed, Lord, let us have the same heart that you have for the lost, and he said, out of this, this prayer time that they had set aside, they only got halfway through that prayer meeting, and he said his heart felt like he was having a heart attack. He was just broken. Because that's, that's the love that the Lord has for us. It's broken. I mean, he, he loved us so much that he was willing to die for us. Do we love the Lord enough to lay down our lives for him, to give our lives for him, to do whatever it takes to do his will? Do we have that same love to give back? For me, I know I always put school in front of everything. You know, my, my family tells me to do stuff. I know oh, I got school. I got a test. I got this. 
You know, what, what is our priority? And I know I can keep on going on forever, but the youth night seemed to have the answer for almost every problem that we had, uh, an easy fix for everything. And I'm not gonna say what the Q&A uh, questions were by any means, but a, a lot of it had to do with, and Nate, I think it was Nate that answered this one, and he goes, you know, just to get over these questions, is the Lord the number one thing in your life? If the Lord was the number one thing in your life, then he said half of these Q&A questions would go away. And think about that. Do we, is the Lord our number one? You know, I, I was willing to say yes right away myself, but really, when we think about everything that goes on in our lives, and Rex, when we were doing Love the Word, he broke down the time limits of everything. How much do we sleep? How much time does it take to shower and get ready in the morning? How much TV do we watch? How much media do we use? Facebook, yada, yada, yada. But also, he said, how much time do we, are we on the cell phone? And, and after all of this, we calculated it up. And, and we were saying within a week's limit. So we were giving all the hours within a week. And when we divided it by seven, we were over the hours. It was like 26 hours or something. Well, there's only 24 hours in a day. And we didn't even get to reading reading your Bible. We didn't get to praying. We didn't get to witnessing, preaching, or even um, church activities. We didn't even get to that, and we were already at 26 hours. And, and for myself, I was joking around, yeah, you know, I sleep, you know, this long, and my parents know that I sleep way too much. But, you know, I say I sleep this long, and, you know, I watch this much TV, and I'm thinking, when it got down to it, how much time did I have left over? I, I didn't have very much. And, and to think about that, you know, this is the new year, and we're, we're saying, you know, what are we going to do new in the new year? Well, I would say let's, let's love the Lord. You know, let's take what we've learned for us at the conference and apply it. But what you guys are hearing from us that, you know, we're, we're getting passionate about this, you know. Um, are you guys going to hold us accountable to what we learned? You know, are, you gonna, are we just going to slip by? Or, um, you know, my, my prayer was that, you know, I would take everything that I learned and, and apply it. And it's not easy. It's definitely not easy. There was a lot that I've learned, e even in those three days. Um, like Justin said, it's nothing new. There's nothing new under the sun. But uh, it is stuff that we get reminded of and, and reminded of and reminded of. And the Lord's probably sitting up in heaven saying, why aren't you getting it? This is now the 15th time I've told you this. When are we actually going to do something about it? And so for me and, and the, the guys and, and the ladies that went, you know, we need to think about what we learned and how are we going to apply it to our lives. And, and um, I just, I'm going to give it to Ricky. I don't, I'll just give it to him now. Hey, y'all. Um, I went to this, uh, this conference and I failed some of you. I did not bring back a wife. <laughs> it's either I failed or you failed because you weren't praying hard enough. No, I'm kidding. Um, I have a message from, uh, not the Lord, it's from Rachie. And she wrote a little, um, just an excerpt of what she had heard and her thoughts on it. It says, Dear Saints at Claremont Bible Chapel, 
Um, by the way, I was tempted to try to read this in a Morgan Freeman voice because <laughs> that's how, I mean, she's good at writing. Thank you for your support and prayers that helped to make it possible for me to go to the Believer's Bible Conference last, last year, 2015. I wish all of you could have been there as well. I can't even describe the encouragement that comes from the studying the word, praying and singing hymns with 500 other believers that love the Lord as much as you do. I think I got a glimpse of heaven, but you don't have to miss out on the wonderful Bible teaching that we receive there. I would argue, I'm sorry, I would urge you all to buy a copy of the CD or MP3s. God wants to change each one of you in some way. So let him do his work by listening to what he has to say about love. I briefly tell you a few of my favorite parts of the conference and what I learned. One, I loved getting to hear Joe Reese speak about loving the Lord. He said that love is an action. We can say that we love the Lord we, uh, all we want, but there is no action behind those words. They mean nothing. If there's no action behind the words, we mean they mean nothing. He, he encouraged us to love um, the quiet place, keep God's commandments, not to be afraid of showing our emotions, and to serve him with all the right motives. He reminded me to get rid of any distractions that is standing in my way before all out, uh, and, and to be all out for Christ. Um, and I've already, and I've really been trying to do that. Ultimately, if I truly desire to love all of you, my brothers and sisters in Christ, let alone the lost world that is right outside these doors, I must first be utterly in love with my Savior, not just in word, but in deed and truth. One of my favorite seminars was led by Steve Price, and it was titled, Love the Home. And seeing how, he will soon, I, seeing how I will soon be getting married, this is Rachel, I thought the seminar would be fitting. I learned so much about having to die um, to self in a marriage relationship and how the God of flesh must go. I learned how important it is to fear the Lord and to spend time on my knees in prayer for my husband. He also talked about raising children. He has nine of his own, so I trust his advice. I learned a couple of key things, that my number one pri priority at home is to save souls. The, or, or as parent, I, as a parent, I will make mistakes, but I must be willing to apologize for ask, and ask for forgiveness over and over, just as we do with our Heavenly Father. He also shared his household reminder, which is souls saved, souls discipled, souls sent out. Which leads me to my last favorite part of the conference, meeting and hearing Nate Bramson speak. I don't think I ever met someone so enthusiastic and passionate about the things of the Lord. He really spurred me on in the seminar entitled, Love the Young People. I think anyone who works with you should listen to the recording. He so adamantly said that our goal in the assembly should not to or should not be to keep the young people in the assembly, but rather raise them up to go and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ to the lost. He encouraged me to really check my heart and motives when it comes to working with young people. Uh, I am just trying to make clones. Are we just trying to make clones of ourselves? Or am I pointing them to Christ? Loving young people is not an event to do twice a week at the chapel. It is a lifestyle. He encouraged me to really listen to young people, look for their spiritual gifts, teach them how to exercise their gifts, lead them in ministry, teach them what the Bible says, and disciple them in the world and the way and the truth and the life. 
There is so much more I wish I could say, but I'm sure I've already taken up enough time. Yes, you have. Um, <laughs> I took notes on every session and seminar that I attended. So if anyone wants to copy, just let me know. And please listen to the recordings. You will really miss out on the blessings if you don't. And she took a lot of notes. I saw them. Um, this, this conference is very... Uh, I was very excited to go to this conference. We get there, we're on the plane, we're all together, we're flying there together. And uh, I'm setting up the booths for Duca Pines and uh, Claremont. And before we go to the first meeting, Joe Reese is speaking, so we're excited. Oh yeah, Joe Reese. And it hits me as I'm walking in there, this is gonna be a great conference. You're probably gonna be convicted. And that is exactly what happened. You heard it four times already. What is your definition of love? Well, according to the scriptures, it's not what you think it is. According to your marriages, it's not what you think it is. We have John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. Whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. He gave his Son, and his Son went willingly. We also have Christ as an example, humbling himself even to the death of the cross, to bear our sin, the load for our sins that even if we were to die a terrible death, we still didn't die for our sins. This example was heavy on our hearts the whole time. Um, just like Joe said, he kept going. He says, do you love the lost? Do you, do you, do you? And at, after the second day, exactly what Nikki says, I don't, I don't, I have no idea what love is anymore. Teach me. Thank you, I have no idea what love is anymore. Teach me. So I have a few points, um, and if you guys want to hear the messages, MP3s are coming. I can't really expound so much as to what was said, um, what was already said. First point was love of Christ and the youth. Um, the seminar that was given out, or the seminar that was held, I attended, and I really that really struck a chord in my heart because Awanas and brigades. I'm involved with these ministries and the youth. And um, it were simple points that we look over every, um, every, every week. Um, one of the points that he made that really stuck out was we don't listen to the youth. We don't. He, he's, he gave an, an example that when he was younger, he remembered the f probably a, a few men in his assembly that he thought was over the moon. Like he, he, he had them like Batman and Robin or Batman and Superman. And he really loved them for one point, and that point was they listened. And considering my time here in brigades, when I was younger, it's the same thing. When Mark and Jeff and, all, and Dave, when I got a chance to sit down and tell them where I was, they listened. Um, and that really struck a chord with me. Another point was, um, or another assembly, or I'm sorry, another seminar that was held was, do you love the assembly? Um, if you turn to 1 John, 1 John chapter 1, verse 6, this, six, this is talking about um, the sin that we have in our life. The seminar gave for, came forth, and, and as I was sitting there, you understood that if there's sin in your life, you can't love the assembly. Um, you can't love the people in it. 
ver I'll just read it. It says, if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And that verse was given out and it struck a chord to me that if you say you love the pe if you say you love God or you love Christ and you love his word, how could you not love the people that he died for? We heard before that um, you're going to love the things that the person that you love, um, you're going to love those things that they, that they hold dear to them. Uh, a good example, my dad, I remember talking to him a while ago. He said, he said my, my mom, he says, your mom and me, he says, we're not compatible. He says, don't, you know, like, I, before, I, <laughs> we, are, we haven't been compatible, and we probably are working towards being compatible maybe when we're like 90 on the way to death. But we're not compatible. And, I, and you know, you think, well, why'd you get married? <laughs> What's going on? And he says, I love the things that she, do, she does because I love her to death. It doesn't matter that we're not compatible. She wants to do something. This is why I allow her to buy things on QVC. <laughs> because I love her so much. And I love her so much that I can take that credit card away so that we still have a house and home to live in. <laughs> and that really struck, that really reminded me of, of the commandments that the Lord gives. Uh, love the Lord your God with all your soul, all your might, your strength, your mind. And then love your neighbor as yourself. Well, <laughs> why? It says, well, because he died for them. Those are the things that he held dear. Um, point two, or um, point three, it, it's, it's, it's very specific um, um, to the assemblies that we pay attention to the messages. Ken Daughters spoke on it, on love, before we went to the conference. We go to the conference, and the conference is about love unbeknownst to us. We come back, and Bob Faust speaking about love. I think God's trying to tell us something. And uh, it, it's sad to think that we could possibly be that church where the Lord says, I have one thing against you. You forgot your first love. You forgot to do the things I asked you to do. You forgot to love me. And we had the Q&A for the young people. And uh, I guess this goes along with the, the, uh, the, the youth, loving the youth as well. We were separated junior high, high school, um, college, and then out of college into, uh, what was it, um, into careers, if you're in a career. And uh, the questions that came up was, you know, some of the questions that came up was one of them specifically, he says, have you ever thought of leaving the assemblies? Everyone, in, except for junior high, some of them didn't even know what that was. They raised their hand. He says, have you ever thought of once leaving the assembly? And so everyone raised their hand. We were getting to a point where, okay, breakout sessions. You pick out a couple groups here that are going to figure out, you know, a question or an answer to this. So high school gets up, and they give their answer. And you're, we were limited to a time. You only got a, a minute and 20 seconds or something. So they get a minute and 20 seconds, they give their answer, you know, college gets up, they give their answer, everyone's waxing eloquent 
consistently from high school on to the career. And uh, they asked the junior high, they asked the little kid to come up and he gets up and he spends 20 seconds, 20 seconds on this topic. And this is, should have been like a really hard topic and then kills it. I forgot what he said because I was in tears. And he just, it was a simple answer. And I think that's what we need to come to the Lord as babes in love. We need to be at his feet crying under, so, the, so that we can understand his word um, and, and apply it to our lives. But it's not going to happen unless we love the Lord. And uh, um, in conclusion, because I'm running out of time, um, the idea of, of us lo not loving one another is going to show forth. Um, or the idea of us loving one another, we need to apply to our lives and show it to others in the assembly. Um, on the way home, it hit me as we were all flying home together that we get to come back and, you know, love you guys and apply this. Uh, but there are people at that conference that aren't going back to an assembly because while they were at that assembly, while they were at that, um, that conference, their assembly was breaking apart. Their assembly is being torn apart because pride. And a lack of love. And that's the bur that's the bur that's what burdened me. And I was actually happy because we get to come back to a, an assembly um, that has problems, but it's an assembly that we love. And if we haven't shown it enough, that conference showed us that we need to show. We need to walk. And uh, we just need to love each other more. <laughs> it's uh, um, that that was a burden on my heart. And as I lose words, because it hurt so much to think that the people that we were singing with, 500 people, their assembly needed prayer. Their assembly was destroyed because they didn't come to the feet of Jesus Christ and they didn't remember their first love where they came from. Because if they did, they would love their, uh, they would love their brothers. They would forego these issues that don't matter. You know, fight somebody over the, the dumbest thing, split up an assembly because you don't agree or you won't agree. It's, uh, it's a scary thought that God could put his finger out on the flame of this assembly or any assemblies that we love and know that are next to us. So if we want revival, it's going to start at his feet. If we want, if we want to, if we want to see things done for the Lord, we need to love him. Um, and with that, I'll, I'll close. Uh, but first, before I pray, I love you guys. <laughs> Let's pray. Um, your gracious God and Father, Lord, we, we come here tonight, Lord, and understand that 
What you did for us on the cross was out of love. You've given us the scripture, Lord, and you told us that um, we can search the unsearchable <laughs> um, limits of your love. You've invited us to do that, and you've showed us, shown us to do that. Um, not only did you say it, you walked the walk. And we have that example in the scriptures. Lord, let us show it forth, um, not only to those in our assembly, not only to the youth, but to those outside. The love that we have um, for you, Lord, let us uh, can, let it kindle in our hearts. And Father, I just, man, I can't, can't say it enough how much I love the people that are here. Um, but Lord, I just pray that we all show it to one another. And Lord, I just ask that in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.